Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the free agency edition of Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. Brian McKinney's back tonight. Here with Sal Spice, Ron Saw, and we're going to cover from cover to cover Vikings free agency through three days. Today was the first day players could formally sign on the dotted line, but for the two days before Wednesday, there was legal tampering, and the Vikings were significantly major players, depending on your perspective. A lot of people left, a lot of people, a few people arrived. We're going to chat about that with McKinney, Sal, and Ron Saw tonight. Foremost, though, BetOnline.ag remains your number one source for all of your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at BetOnline. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right to the Final Four and championship game. BetOnline is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, believe, BLEAV to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. One of the most important shows we'll do all year uh, because the team is changing before our very eyes. We are back, believe in Vikings. BMAC, you were off last week. Where are you at? How you been? Good. I, last week I was in Orlando. We had did a um a show at the House of Blues for the Players Choir. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was there. Well, I went last Wednesday. Our show was Thursday night. I came back Friday morning. I had to do a charity kickball event on Saturday. <laughs> so turn back around and come right back to Orlando on Sunday because let's share have meetings and things like that. So. And then I just got back this morning. So it's like been a lot of back and forth and on the road. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that is a lot. Well, yes. when we, we missed you last week. And I had one question that is pertaining to last week. And I'm going to ask you because I feel like you're the perfect source for this. So Eric Kendricks, the linebacker, uh, he was released about a week and a half ago. And he played for the Vikings for eight seasons. Fast mm-hmm. forward to last Friday, Adam Thielen, after 10 years with the Vikings, uh, was released and he'll probably sign somewhere in the next few days. And you, sir, played nine years for the Vikings. So you're right there in the middle in terms of longevity. When does it when does it hit you that you don't play for that team anymore? Or is there sadness immediately when you depart a team? Or what did it kind of feel like when your time was over with the Vikings? Um, you just wonder what's next. Uh, me think when you are leaving, you're wondering like what's next? Is there a next? And then um it's like going to a whole new school again. Like, you know how you have to transfer to schools? Because now you've, like, <laughs> once you leave there, you've been there, you've been so comfortable there, you know all the ins and outs and everything. Now that you have to learn a whole new locker room, a whole new city and and things like that. So that's probably the main thing. So those guys are probably going in. I know on the top of their mind, everything like, who do they know that's there already? Mm-hmm. They can help show them around or make the transition a little easier. But definitely, like, just learning – the system there, learning, like, starting a whole new routine and things like that. And then now, along with that, mm-hmm. does like it's the, uh, the players who the Vikings got rid of, obviously they're veterans. They've had well-established careers. They've made 
um, or, you know, they've had good contracts, so financially they should be okay. At what part or how would you think that they, at this stage in their career, weigh winning versus um, versus opportunity versus salary? Like, how is that kind of uh, in this played point, out in your mind? I think at this point in your career is really, to me, it was more about, like, okay, opportunity to win. Um, because, I mean, like you say, you played all those years, so now it's about, like, okay, since I'm now having a chance to kind of now, I can kind of decide where to go or whatever, you know, more or less, let me try to figure out who I view has the best opportunity. So um, so with them, I don't know, like, the situation, but, like, out of all the teams that are basically that was coming after them, I'm pretty sure they went with whoever they felt like was the best or had the best chance of, you know, making a good playoff run or something like that, getting a chance to get in the Super Bowl with their addition. All right, so uh, free agency week indeed uh, came fast and furious. So I'm going to summarize the big events. I tweeted them out, if any of you guys are on Twitter. Um, And then I want to start picking Sally's brain about some of these items and Ron, you as well. And of course, Bryant. So Eric Hendricks, he ended up with the Chargers. Patrick Peterson went to the Steelers. Dalvin Tomlinson to the Browns. Jordan Hicks stays with the club. He was restructured. Cameron Dantzler went to the Commanders. Uh, tight end, blocking tight end Josh Oliver was the first move from the Baltimore Ravens, which kind of made a lot of us go, what? Uh, but then the, de- uh, the deal turned out to be team friendly, but he's on the Vikings now. The big nugget, the one that really opened eyes was Marcus Davenport, an edge rusher, came over from the Saints. On day two, Greg Joseph was re-signed. Nick Mullins re-signed, interestingly, for two years. The long snapper, Andrew DePaul is back. Garrett Bradbury is back at center. And then the nugget from last night, Byron Murphy is the new starting cornerback. Uh, Kirk Cousins' deal was converted with a proverbial kick the can to next year or 2025 if he plays beyond next year. And then uh, we're kind of on Dalvin Cook trade watch because the Vikings re-signed Alexander and Alexander Madison about 15 minutes before we hopped on the podcast. So that's it. it that's all of it in a nutshell. So I'll ask you, Sally, uh, keeping an eye on this, what was something that you enjoyed about these last 48 hours? Honestly, I think I pretty much enjoy everything. Um, I think that this is what I had in mind when they said competitive rebuild. This is um, this is what I expected them to do last year, essentially something more along these lines. I'd like it that they are um, investing in younger players. Some of them are coming off of injuries. Um, some of them maybe weren't in the best situations to be successful. Um, for example, you know, uh, Byron Murphy playing in Arizona. And I like that these guys have a lot of potential um, and they are short-term deals or team-friendly deals. So if it doesn't end up working out, they don't have their wagon hitched to them for the next five years. They don't have these crazy backloaded contracts that are going to have to be restructured, which is what we've been kind of stuck with the last, what, 10 years or so, it feels like. (laughs) So I I really feel like this is the true fresh eyes on the franchise that we um, kind of expected. So I don't really have anything to complain about. Well, other than the Cousins restructuring back-ended void years thing, but. Yeah, it's kind of strange that they they put twenty eight point five million into next year, uh, which which is basically the salary of a rookie quarterback 
on a rookie deal. So Cousins, no matter what happens, he's already been paid that, so to speak. So it's you're going to hear the narrative next year, no matter what happens, we're paying Cousins to play for another team. That's not true. He's on the books. He's already been paid. It's, it's like Zadarius Smith last year. He was on the Packers books. He technically wasn't being paid, but it looked that way. But yeah, it, it is a chunky, okay. chunky dead cap hit, no matter what. And it, it'll, it'll feel ugly for the entire offseason next year because that's the way they've chose to orchestrate it to make room for Byron Murphy and those guys. Uh, Ron, what did you like most about these first? I guess it's a little bit more than 48 hours of Vikings free agency. Well, I think Sally touched on it. I really like these uh, shorter term deals with a certain age range of guys that are, you know, in that 25 to 27 year age range, but also they're guys who are, you know, early-ish picks. I mean, Davenport was a first who didn't get his um, he didn't get a second contract with the team. I think Murphy was this early second-round pick. He didn't get a second contract with the team that drafted him. So you're getting these guys that, in essence, are are out to prove something, um, one way or another. Either prove that, um, you know, they deserve more money, um, like and should have been re-signed, or you know, they're on that the financial side of it where, hey, I'm on a short-term deal. I need by the time I'm 27, 28 to get my bag. So um, I really like that. Um, and I like the fact that, again, it seems like the organization has a direction of like, there's a, a type that's out there. Even the re-signing of Alexander Madison, where whatever happens with Dalvin Cook, it's you're getting a guy who hasn't had the opportunity to be an RB1, but clearly we've seen him in spurts and he's looked good in those spurts. So um, I don't think he's, the dynamic player that Dalvin is, um, he fits that mold of what they're going for. Guys that are essentially on the potential verge of um, outplaying their contract. So um, I like not overpaying for aging veterans, and that's not a shot at the guys we got rid of. But you know, whether it's you know Darius Slay who became available, or you know Stephon Gilmore who you know people are, why didn't we trade? whatever the fifth round for him. Cause you still got to pay him. Um, so I just like that they have a defined or what seems like a defined route that they're going. So um, it's, we'll see what happens. There's still a lot of other names out there. They still have a lot of holes, especially in that secondary. Um, and then there's still question marks as far as what they're going to do with Dalvin or, you know, Harrison Smith, um, Zadarius Smith. So um, a lot up in the air, but um, so far, I mean, they've done good by me. I like two things in particular, the emphasis on defense in the sweet spot age range that Sally talked about, both Marcus Davenport and Byron Murphy. They come over, which <clears throat> Murphy's a two-year deal, but it's basically a one-year deal, and he can make a bunch more money if he performs with the Vikings or elsewhere. Uh, we all watched the playoff game. That was nauseating. And so now they're doing something to fix it between the Brian Flores edition, uh, getting younger on defense, which is what we clamored for. And they get it. They realize it. They realize the defense wasn't up to par, so they're taking three remedial steps in Flores, Davenport, and Murphy to fix it. And this is just the beginning. We still have a draft. We still have more free agency. And then second, uh, secondly, I do enjoy the fact that Kirk Cousins is now on his final year um, because we have this, <laughs> I think we've all been chatting about it for two and a half years. We have this golden opportunity once and for all to draft a guy. And I don't care if that is Clayton Toon in round five or it's Hendon Hooker in round two or three if we somehow get a second round pick. You have this opportunity 
to do it the right way, the way the Chiefs did it, the way the Packers do it, and I hate to say it that way. And it's just have the one guy marinate for a year while you have a damn good quarterback on a contract year when he usually plays well because he's uh, up against it, and that's when Kirk plays best somehow. And I, I, I love that we have that flexibility. Now, that said, they have to draft a quarterback to make that happen. Uh, Bryant, do you think now that Cousins seems like he's going to be playing out his contract, a rarity for a QB1 of his stature, do you think the Vikings will draft some sort of quarterback in April? I think they should. I mean, they might not draft high, but I feel like they should to be able to um, start grooming somebody um, behind him in case of injury and just in case of, you know, to his time being up and him not playing well or something next season. Sally, um, do you think that finally happens? I mean, we did a diet version of it with Kellen Mond. That flamed out, which is usually what happens in Vikings draft quarterbacks since Dante. Do you think they actually do it? I don't know. I want to say yes. I would love to see that. But I think with the limited amount of draft picks that they have and how many holes are in this team, um, I, do, I don't know. I, I would love to see them do that. And I think especially with having Kevin O'Connell as a head coach, I'm sure that is an emphasis for something that he desires. I don't think they want to go into next year, not really having a plan um, or knowing who their guy is. So I hope so. Um, Unless maybe they're planning to roll with Mullins next year. (laughs) Maybe that's why there was the two year deal. I don't know. Um, But I hope so. It's just, they're kind of, they're in a bad spot right now with the draft. So. In all seriousness, uh, it, he, Mullins could very well be the patch over guy. Um, if, no matter who, if it's somebody, if it's Hendon Hooker, if it's somebody who's not quite ready, if it's somebody they draft in 2024, Sally will, will you, do it service for you if it is a mid rounder like Jaron Hall in round three or four? Or does it, the way that you've always wanted it, a guy of our own, does that have to be a first rounder? No, I don't I don't think it's important that they're a first rounder, especially with who is in charge of this team right now, because I think Kevin O'Connell has experienced being a former quarterback and being experienced with working at different levels of offense. He knows who he's looking for and he knows better than a lot. Well, really anybody, I think, in the building. But, um, you know, even than a lot of other teams, he I'm sure has a lot of guys in mind that are meant to be later round picks. And I think that that almost is better. Um, and there's a lot less pressure on the team and, and the guy himself, the quarterback himself. So I would prefer that honestly, Ron, I think, uh, in the grand, in the grand scheme of the Vikings community, you and I are labeled as, as cousins, eternalists or cousins stands. And my, my major, uh, thing Sands. about cousins has always been that people make shit up about them. Uh, and that's the reason I got the label is because I tried to dispel the stuff that isn't true. Um, all of that said, are, are you content with this deal playing out? And if it's another Kirk type year, 30 touchdowns, blah, blah, blah. And then they lose in the wild card divisional round. Are you content going with anonymous quarterback X in 2024? I mean, I don't know if I'll ever be content with going from unknown to an unknown commodity. Um, and that's, you know, I, that, I remember that 2011 year when it was McNabb into Ponder and neither were good options. Um, and I don't want that. Um, so again, like if it bottoms out and whatever and shit goes south, sure. Like absolutely. Then, you know, the, the design 
of where you're projected to go. Uh, but I also don't like the idea of being, you know, picking at 23 and, you know, having to reach to get maybe the fourth guy in the, in this draft class. So I'd much rather, right, exactly. Like I'd rather than look in the, you know, third round, whatever, see if you can find someone that, that that their talent was overlooked um so you know much like how brock purdy was used in san francisco i don't think it's a matter of that brock purdy's a hall of fame quarterback yet was in the right system right place and he looked the part and that's really all all he needed to do um so based on this draft like i don't like the idea of going for a quarterback at all in the first, unless somehow, you know, you move up, you identify a guy and this is the plan. We're going to try to replicate what the chiefs did with Alex Smith into Mahomes. If that's the case, I'm all for it. I just don't see it out of any of these, any of these guys that are worth that risk. Um, and then I'd much rather be more all in and doing it next year um, in next year's class. So um, it, while again, you probably lose more um, as far as, leverage like because everyone's going to know hey you need a quarterback but if you look at it just pure numbers if four teams are drafting their quote-unquote franchise quarterback this year and then all the other guys that are around the league that are quote-unquote franchise quarterbacks the old guys being you know brady's already gone rogers you know well who knows what the hell he's gonna do um but you know there's if you look at it that way, you you could easily say that maybe 25 teams are comfortable with their quarterback going into next year. So that might lessen the blow. That makes um, Caleb Williams or Drake May viable options. Um, so that's the route I would go. Um, but I'm all for not uh, tying, you know, or tying yourself down with Kirk Cousins into his late 30s um, as well. There needs to be a, su- a succession plan. I get that. Uh, but you know, I don't want to see see us go from stable quarterback play to, you know, rolling being what the Colts are like rolling into aging vets that are after their like not at the end of their career, they're post their utilization days. So um, I just don't want to see that because then, uh, you know, the argument now is um, for Justin Jefferson and, you know, it's why what leverage or what reason does he have to stay here if he's got you know, Tyler Huntley throwing in the football, like, or, you know, that type of stuff. So um, we'll see what happens. I obviously I trust O'Connell and, uh, and Quazy to identify that um, they're not dumb. So <laughs> they'll, uh, it's not like they're going, Oh, we need a quarterback. Well, let's go find one off the scrap heap today. And it's worth mentioning that between Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis, who will probably go in the top 10, maybe top 12, about t- at least two of them are going to be very good. And that's all there is to it. Um, it would have to be the first draft class in like history where all four of them hit. Uh, so uh, that's just a point of order that perhaps if they lurk in the mid rounds and do something with Jaron Hall or Clayton too, and then, you know, maybe that's the guy who could sit and uh, develop for a year and then take over at an undetermined time, maybe 2024. Sally, what was the, the biggest surprise in, uh, since Monday? You know, when you got the alert and you're like, what? Oh gosh, what was the biggest surprise? Um, I the biggest surprise, honestly, is um my <laughs> really I, this is the most excited I've been for a season, and as long as I can remember, and it's March fifteenth. 
So I just feel very rejuvenated. Obviously, I got excited last year with the run and everything. But I mean, this is different because there are so many unknowns and there's so many different players to watch now and to see them develop. So, I mean, I'm just excited about it all Um, as I guess. I guess um, what surprised me and I think everybody was just Josh Oliver, the tight end, Mm -hmm. just being their first move. I like it that he is more of a blocking tight end because obviously we know Hawkinson is going to get all of the tight end targets, but they, that is something that they have been missing. I think, especially since gosh, they've been missing that since. since (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I wasn't going to go that far back. Wiggins. Um, but yeah, so we haven't had a pure pure blocker who is again, not just being a blocker, but has the ability to catch the ball since Jimmy, like ironically, I sent you guys a photo of uh, him (laughs) coaching uh, uh, against my nephew this weekend. But, uh, um, I think the underrated part too, about Josh Oliver, like, because everyone's looking at it as he's this blocking tight end, which he is, but he's also a freak athlete. He, you know, coming out of San Jose state, he was a, you know, he's what six, five, 250 pounds. He kind of worked himself into becoming a run blocker or a, a blocking tight end, but he was an athlete <clears throat> coming out of that. I think he was what a third or fourth pick from Jacksonville just didn't pan out there um went to Baltimore and Baltimore always has blocking tight ends as a number two whether it's Nick Boyle you know they had Max Williams out of um out of Minnesota here um just guys who are capable blockers so um I just like the dynamic of that personnel package that we can go into um and it leaves TJ Hawkinson to be you know not have to be that blocker and more free in the slot and you know running up um up the seams so um but don't discount the Oliver being able to catch the ball either because I think he uh he adds some value there Brian I want to ask you that on this topic so the very first move of Vikings free agency was to sign a tight end and between tight end and offensive tackle those were like the two spots where most of us were like yeah we don't need anymore and then boom the first thing that hits our notifications is the Vikings sign a tight end uh for context he's from the Ravens and he's known as a blocking tight end so we reference Klein Sasser. How how much easier did that man make your life as a left tackle? Oh, good because you know you have a lot of tight ends who don't want to block or there. Shanko <laughs> who was like, "Help me, help me, help me, help me." He was like, "Let me get my job done first, and I'll come back and help you." So um, to be able to have some confidence in your tight end and knowing that you're not going to be screaming for help before the ball snaps is um, is a good thing. <laughs> and you had that. Gosh, was that? I have to think about the time frame here. I think your entire Vikings life was with Klein Sasser, right? I believe so. I believe he was there the whole time. Yeah, because he was. We spent an unholy high draft class. Yeah, an holy yeah. high draft pick on a fullback. Which you look back now and you giggle. Uh, but yeah, he was there. I'm pretty sure your entire tenure. So that that's all you knew from Vikings football was him being there at least. Yeah, for the most part. What about you, Ron, on surprises? Um, Mine was Marcus Davenport because he was in the edge class of this free agency. He was at the top of most people's lists. And I just figured because, you know, Zadarius Smith was content until last week and that we didn't have any cap space that he wasn't attainable. But when we get him for a year for 13 million and it can be extended for longer if he enjoys his stay and performs well. Uh, Do you have something different than Davenport that surprised you? No, that's absolutely the one that um, that stands out because, yeah, like you said, um, with Zadarius Smith, like I assume that he was coming back, um, and who knows if he is or not. But uh, um, 
I didn't think edge rusher was the the premium need in free agency. I thought that they'd go to the draft or, you know, develop from the younger guys that they have. Um, you know, but it'll be interesting to see how he how he fits in because I I know the Saints kind of played a little bit of three four. Um I don't think he's very good at dropping into coverage, um, which in Flores' defense needs to be kind of a little malleable like that. Um, and I know he only had a half a sack last year, but he gets pressure. Like we talked about with Smith and, and Hunter, they might not have gotten the sack numbers, but they're causing havoc in the backfield. So, um, and he's a huge, you know, player. So he could be that guy that can come over and move and play three technique, um, in those hybrid formations. I mean, at six, six, what two seventy, and he's a freak athlete. Like that's why the saints traded up, you know, two first round picks to get him. So didn't work out there. And hopefully this is one of those reclamation projects or get him on the rise and, you know, parlay that into a, a nice tandem with Hunter on the other, on the other side. Sally, Greg Joseph is back on a fully guaranteed deal, which really isn't saying much because it's just a dinker kicker deal. So in theory, if they still wanted to draft like the kicker from Michigan or something like or not draft him, but get him an undrafted free agency, they could have another summer camp battle. But for now, it appears that Greg Joseph is going to remain the incumbent kicker. And guy was weird as hell. Cold blooded when it mattered the most. Led the league in game winning field mm-hmm. goals, you know, kicked them like nobody's business and then ranked 28th in other just regular field goal accuracy. Are you content knowing week one will likely have Greg Joseph as the kicker again? Well, I do like that there is consistency mm-hmm. at, in the specialty players for once. It seems like every single year we're turning those over. <laughs> I think that Thomason, I saw a tweet from him that said this is the uh, there was only one other time in the last nine years that they retained um, all the specialty players. And th- one of those years was when Dan Bailey was released. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that about midway through the season? So I do enjoy the consistency. I do like that. However, I I would like to have him have a little competition at training camp, ideally, just because of those extra point struggles and short kick struggles. Um, but it doesn't sound like that's going to happen now. And honestly, I'm not, you know, it, it's fine. Um, <laughs> as long as he stays <laughs> that way. Yeah. I've debated this one. Sorry, go ahead. It's it's just crazy. I know we've mentioned this before, but it's crazy that those extra point misses never came back to bite them in the end. (laughs) It certainly is. And it feels like they eventually will. And that might just be our cynicism. But I've I've kicked this one around in my brain since the season ended because I didn't know if they were going to bring him back. And I think what you what you what you do is you say, all right, this guy, he didn't he could not miss. He really hasn't missed a clutch kick since that Cardinals gaffe almost two years ago now. And then, but then you start to think, well, we should be able to find a kicker who can do both, which is hit most game winners, hit his goddamn extra points, and be decent with the rest of the field goals. So you want to think, all right, let's not settle for just a guy who does one thing. Let's get the whole thing. But then you have this paradox where if you if you say, all right, he can go kick elsewhere. And you draft a guy, and then this son of a bitch can't hit game winners. You're going to say, "Why did we let Joseph go?" That's what. That's where I get torn as to the emotions of it. Yeah, it can always be worse. We know that, so <laughs> it's risky. What is uh, on that that laundry list of items? Whether it's Kendrick's release or uh, the Cousins contract being kicked down to an extra year to the tune of twenty eight million, Sally. What's something that has disappointed you in the last two and a half days about the off season? I mean, like I said, nothing has really disappointed me, to be honest, other than the Kirk Cousins um, thing. But 
I mean, being fully transparent, I don't understand all of that. I mean, I've heard different people explain it and I think I understand it. And then I hear you explain it. And then I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's not um, as detrimental as I assumed it was. So, I mean, I'm glad that they were able to work out a situation where they could sign some people. Um, but yeah, that's the only complaint that I have. And it might not even be a real complaint after hearing what you have to say. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a fair complaint because if you have a big master plan for 2024 life after Kirk, then his, his cap hit at least in spirit is going to be staring you in the face for a whole year. And you're going to think, Oh, that guy plays for the Raiders now. And he has this huge cap hit and it's just going to get on your nerves, so to speak. But given what you know, now transferring the money to the last year of his contract, would you rather have been ex- him extended by an extra year or two? So yeah, that that that's what you basically had to pick from. Never. Yeah. No. Yeah, you had to I'll either, take it. Yeah, you had to pick either doing some financial kicking of the can or keeping him employed contractually through the end of 2024. Those were really the options because you can't cut him. And uh evidently, and I, and I don't think that they want to do either one of those things. I think they believe in Kirk, and that's why he's still the quarterback. But uh at age 35, you never know what you're getting into contractually. And then in terms of his, I mean, he could show up September or whatever it is and just look like shit. That's happened before for older quarterbacks. Ron, your uh in, anything that's been disappointing in two and a half days for you. Um I mean, I, I haven't been disappointed necessarily with anything going on Vikings wise, just because I think it's all to be expected. And then some of the signings, you know, or hey, like that's a surprise, but in a good way. Um, I think just more so disappointing is just the league as a whole, the way that, uh, you know, the Rodgers, the, the Lamar Jackson, how that's all playing out. And it's just, it just baffles me. Um, you know, Rogers again, the, the attention whore that he is like, uh, this isn't to make a decision today. Like shut the hell up. Just, you, you know, you're going to the jets. If you're playing, just say it one way or another. So that's dumb. How the league is looking at Lamar Jackson and, you know, a 26 year old, former unanimous MVP and, you know, these crickets on the front there. Cause that, that's just weird. Um, that just seems more like it's a, owners struggle than it is a the player side um but yeah from the, at least the vikings are staying out of the drama on that side of it and i think they're handling things appropriately like when it comes to the release of kendrick's the release of Thielen, it's they're not just stacking them all up like oh we're releasing all these guys like it's kendrick's you get your time Thielen, you get your time but also giving them the opportunity to be a part of this first wave of free agency um so can't blame them um, on that regard. And I guess the Harrison Smith, um, that might be the only disappointing thing. Like, what is going on? Like, is he staying? Is he going? Um, or, and then Dalvin Cook. So just the maybe the foresight on those would be nice to to know a little more um, as we're in free agency now and not, uh, you know, come draft time and get another <laughs> swift kick in the nuts at that point. Bryant, um, as a former Raven, do you expect Lamar Jackson to be back as their QB1 in week one? I don't understand the issue with that at all. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I really don't know how to answer that, but I don't understand why they wouldn't just go ahead and get this deal done. I feel like he's come in and has done a great job and, and added excitement to the um, franchise, things like that, show that he can, you know, 
be a key player, but I don't understand what the holdup is, but just solidifying him still young and get him in there and make him feel comfortable to be a quarterback. Um, I think it's more so along the lines of the the owners don't want to be dealing with these fully guaranteed contracts like the Deshaun Watson deal. And I think he's essentially being used as a pawn in this that like the owners are seeing this as, well, if we give him all that money, then what's going to stop the next guy? Like it's going to continue to compound and you're never going to win a CBA, you know, argument with the players on, on these type of contracts. So I think he's literally the pawn and it does it, it's just terrible optics because he is a 26 year old former mvp clearly you know everything he checks the boxes on whether it's you're looking at win percentage or just performance um you know you can't say any other than maybe the potential injury concern being a scrambling quarterback there's there's no reason why he shouldn't be getting 50 million dollars in uh in a long-term deal from the team that put the investment into him but it also makes you just feel like, well, how committed is the team to me? Like, you know what I mean? It just makes you question the right. team, too. So. All right. The uh, final question I have, um, I will start with you, Sally, is by Friday, the third day of the league year, Dalvin Cook, Harrison Smith, and Zadarius Smith have somewhat substantial amounts of money that lock in um, if they're not moved. Out of those three guys, do you want to pick out pick out one prediction that you think will occur in the next three days? Hmm. Well, it is. I mean, it's. I don't even know what to think about Zadarius requesting a trade. Uh, that's a bummer. And I, you know, I know we know he sold his house and everything, but I just didn't really see that coming. And then to pretty much already announce on Twitter that he's out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> So I guess it's going to be hard to believe that he would be on the roster. I guess, um, but Dalvin too, I guess I'm going to say neither one of them will be on the team. Okay. Mine uh, out of those three is I think if Harrison Smith wasn't going to restructure or take a pay cut or whatever he's faced with, I think he would have said I'm gone by now. (laughs) Me too. yeah. Yeah. Because he would have had, Kind of, I mean, he's a veteran, fringe Hall of Famer. He probably would have had the pick, you know, 10, 12 teams chatting him up, I think, for a year or two. And he's sort of missed that opportunity now. So that leads me to believe that he'll come back and finish his career with the Vikings. He's 34, so he probably only has about one or two years left as a hard-hitting safety. I predict he'll be back. I don't know if it'll be a a huge pay cut or if they'll just do the thing they did with Cousins and put some more money on the back. But I do think he'll be back. Uh, Ron, what is well, yours? Oh, yeah. How sorry. can you? How can you <laughs> yeah. go against you get this? Uh, did I you mean, uh, find out any uh, any additional information on that? There is is what uh, Chris posted. That's uh, all that. Uh, Thomason hasn't talked to me since my birthday at the end of September, so I don't have any more insight oh, wow. in that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, but I mean, you can't argue with it. This is facts, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I uh, I kid you not. When I saw that, oh, I guess the listeners don't know what I was showing. I was showing Prince's oh pick yeah, from Thomason's <laughs> tweet. Yeah, so this is on video, and but then there are uh, hundreds of folks that listen. Uh, he showed the she showed the tweet of Chris Thomason asking Harrison Smith about his 2023 plans, and he replied with a picture of Prince wearing a thick chain, and that's all he said. No text, no captions. Uh, Chris asked him for a follow up, and there was no reply. So. He, 
<laughs> image speaks a thousand words, evidently. Uh, I think Hitman will be back. What is your prediction out of all three of those? You don't have to tell me all of them, but Ron, but out of Cook, the Smiths, what's one thing you expect to happen the next two days, three days? Well, I think the there has to be some sort of Harrison Smith news dropping soon because that's uh I mean that's a kind of a big domino. Obviously, I, I believe they're under the cap. They're operating as if they are. Um so the I think the the Zadarius and Dalvin may go into the kind of the draft process. Um because again, those are assets that we can trade. Um whereas Harrison, I don't think I don't think there's gonna be a whole lot of people wanting to you know, give up assets for an aging safety on a high dollar contract. So I think if he's gone, it's just going to be an outright release. The other two, I think, will be traded um, if they're gone. So um, hopefully tomorrow something comes, or, you know, they've been talking about it all week. Yeah. Kind of very Rogers esque, like, oh, I think there's going to be something happening on the, on the Harrison Smith front today. And then just tell us what's up and, you know, I'm hoping it's Ron. Mm-hmm. Yes, Ron, you didn't you didn't bring up Daniel Jones today. <laughs> not yet. I did not. <laughs> He's got Darren Waller now. All of the talkers are dead. He's gonna oh. be fine. Darren <laughs> Waller's gonna look great watching balls sail at his feet. <laughs> I uh, oh, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, I'm hoping if Dalvin and Zadarius are traded, I have this pipe dream they can get like some mid rounders for them. I know it's probably not going to be, I'm, th- I'm hoping two fourths, uh, but I'm guessing it'll be slimmer. Um, if those d- deals even shake down, cause it's really strange on offense. If Dalvin cook is not traded, we're basically running the thing back without Adam Thielen. You'll have Madison back, Dalvin back, same offensive line. Hawkinson's in there. And it's going to, I mean, this is not an insult. The off- offense played quite well, but I really did not think that both cook and Madison would be back. I I would have bet a lot of money on them being gone. So we shall see. I think we'll know by the time we, we meet next week for the show what the verdict is of running back, or at least for Dalvin's future. Uh, Bryant, do you have any any travel plans or anything this week you want to tell the group about or taking it easy now? No, I just got back this morning, so I'm <laughs> taking it easy. And um, for the most part, I feel like I'm here until I have a fundraiser on April 13th here. So I think I'm here now for the next month until then, uh, I think. Unless yeah. the players' choir randomly has like a show, <laughs> and then I have to go down here for that. <laughs> yeah, how was the show? Because you've been away for a while, right? Yeah, it's, it, the show was actually really good. Um, the longest show I've ever done. It was twenty-five to thirty minutes. It was about six to seven songs. It felt like a workout. Um, <laughs> it was completely uh, a sold-out show. Um, okay. It's like this is really a band. I can't believe it, but it, it, it's been fun. So how much, practice time, on list. how much practice time did you get with them then before doing a show? The day before, like we had two days of practice, basically. Okay. So a lot of those guys have been there. Just so happens, it seemed like every time they had a show, I was already somewhere else or mm-hmm. scheduled to go to Hawaii or just had something else going on at the same time. So this is the first one I've actually been yeah. since AGT. So a lot of them already knew stuff. So for me, when it comes to like moving and stuff like that, I can pick up quick. Um, and, and the songs they did, I already knew. So when it came to the steps and stuff, I kind of just, just watch. I was able to just pick that up easy. So it wasn't too hard. Um, well, and if you if you were to make a, like, a mistake and not be in sync with anyone, 
Like you're the biggest one out there. It's gonna be. It, it, you can't just skate by. So right, but you gotta remember, good. I take these dance classes and stuff like that. So it, right. for me, I'm more of the person who has more of awareness when it comes to the right. routines and the steps and the memory for it. So right, and I just mean like being in sync with the other guys. Like you know, because if you're off, like there's no way in hiding it. It's not like you know, all right? The so that won't happen. What I'm saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> He's telling you he's that damn good. He can yeah, handle so, it. <laughs> well, the feet of a left tackle. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Pro Bowl left tackle at that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's been it's been pretty good. It's been pretty exciting actually. So yeah, who knows? I don't know what's next. Um, I guess I hear what's, what you know what else may be coming up. But for the most part, I plan to be here for the next month to get past my event, and then I can you know look for traveling or whatever else again after that. Excellent. All right, gang. Well, we'll, we'll uh, recommence next Wednesday and talk about the kind of the back half, back half of the juicy stuff of free agency and get everything covered. Anything else? No. All right, guys. We'll see you in one week. Okay. Later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.